Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. This time, it's all on the line. Snap and hand it off. There goes James to the right side. Going to drive hard. Going to get into the end zone. Touchdown, Oregon. Get out of my way. Effort. Jordan James. This is a Pac-12 Championship Week edition of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. Online at modspdx.com. I wasn't that long ago before a lot of people told us, hey, we don't control our desk anymore. I think maybe we just do. Dirt and Spray on 1080. The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Spray here. Portland sports leader, 1080 The Fan, the Odyssey app. 99.5 HD2. And, of course, YouTube.com backslash 1080 The Fan. Hello, Dave asks, if one only zigs, does that mean they did a complete circle? I think we did there. I think we did a complete circle in that segment. A circle zig? It was a circle. Yeah. It's a circle. We completed it. We did. Like Schultz's in on that. Shout out to the Big Jeff who said my mustache is looking pretty dope. Thank you. It Thank you, Big Jeff. Reminds me that saying, like, two lefts don't make a right, but three do. Which, you know, kind of zigging over yeah. and over and over sure. again. Yeah. yeah, you're going to make a circle. I got you there. Spring's I mean, looking at me like I'm crazy. But okay. No, 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 no. He's gonna have a comment. On I my do mustache. think you're. Yeah, He's gonna you're keep crazy. belittling my physical appearance. Oh, he likes me. making fun of me for being bald. He likes making fun of me for being racist and I, fat. I, now he's gonna shame my mustache. Let's well, go ahead, jump on. I'm usually the one that gets made fun of, so I'm gonna step out of the way and let uh, let Sprague uh, insult you for once. Let's Strip go. Club Schultz. Thank you. Uh, Sprague to the main stage. Hey, Mercedes up there. <laughs> Tuck a buck. Don't be cheap. <laughs> that needs to be a drop. Please, that needs to be a drop. I feel like that's Talk a real dumping. read you've heard at the <laughs> yes. strip club. That, that Brought needs. to you by Mercedes Benz, G Strings, and G Wagons. No, Mercedes is the name. Do they the sponsor strip strippers now? How cool is that? Can we sponsor <laughs> a stripper? Cool. Here comes Cinnamon. Brought no. to you by Nerd and Spray. Sure 6 and 9 a.m. on YouTube. I'm sure professional athletes sponsor strippers, not so much car companies. Though. What would be our stripper song? Like, if we sponsored a stripper, what song would we play? <laughs> We're sponsoring strippers? Now? I think we should. Why not? They have NIL? They could. That'd be cool. 
Get a 1080 The Fan tattoo? What's that? Number one sports station in the market. Where's Spice? Oh, she transferred to the club down the road. They paid her more <laughs> NIL money. <laughs> I really liked my G-Strings, G-Wagons line. There we go. This is as stripper of music as you could possibly get. In 1982. Oh, no, they still go hard to this, I think. Do they? <laughs> I think. Is what they play at the club? I've heard. I've heard. Sure I've repeated. heard. Well, they mm. still do that. I better not get an expose on K2 about a radio host being caught giving mustache rides. I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> What's a mustache ride? <laughs> they got to play this song in the background, though. Because that uh, this yeah. is the song. Like, I've heard it every time I go to a strip club. Cherry Pie by Warren. Uh, I was actually going to compliment your mustache and say it looks awesome. Hey, thanks, man. I tried to grow one. Yeah. It did not go well. And you can clearly see the difference between a man who can grow hair and a man who cannot. I'm a man. And I'm not. I'm 34. Uh, speaking of man, Oregon State got their man. Huh? They did. They got their guy. Trent Bray. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Coming to the main stage, <laughs> Trent Bray. No G-string, please. I don't know if I want to see that. I'm probably out on that one. I think I'm okay. I'll pass on that one. But I'm happy they got their guy. Schultz, do we have the audio? So here is the audio. This is the full audio they sent out on Twitter last night. Scott Barnes had a player meeting at 6 o'clock. And uh, here is the introduction to the players from Scott Barnes. All right. Great to see you guys. We want to tell you that we have uh, been on a journey for a couple days. National search. Interviewed seven candidates. Our best guy of that bunch, without question, your new leader, Coach Trent Bray. You were there? I didn't know you were there. <laughs> I was in the back. <laughs> Had to be loud and proud. I'm going to buy a Damian Martinez sweatshirt. <laughs> you should if he stays. The one, there's one that's pretty sick, actually. I want to buy it. Speech! 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 Are we going to play the speech? Are we going to do the speech? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's got, yeah, come on. Got me going. Motivate me! The, the big reason I'm here are you. I care about you guys. Love you guys. Love this place. Um, believe in you. Believe in what we can do. Right? The long, the, as I'm going through this deal, right, the more I believe the, this uh, administration... Right, what's going on here, what this future of this program looks like and what we can do, right, the opportunity we're going to have over the next couple of years to be in that final big picture um, is even more real now than it was before. And I wouldn't be standing here if I didn't believe it. Um, so I'm just excited, excited to get started with you guys. I'm fired up for you guys and your opportunity in, in the bowl game. Wish I could be there with you. I'll be around at practice. But you're in great hands, and look forward to watching you guys go out there. Um, feel free anytime. Questions, come up. My door's always open. Hit me up. I'll be happy to answer any questions. But just really excited, excited about this opportunity I've been given. So thank you. Absolutely. He was, uh, his press conference is at 2 o'clock this afternoon. I've thought about going down for it. I don't Ooh. know if I'll be able to. I, well, Wednesdays, I'm supposed to take my daughter to late arrival school, so I don't know if I'll make it. He is a friend of the program. Uh, he has no idea who we are. Friend of the program. I, in fact, I would be willing to wager he hated coming on our show <laughs> as much as we didn't enjoy the short word answers that he was giving us. But uh, yeah, Kind of a two-way street there. This isn't surprising, I think. Uh, we had no. talked about this last week. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. 
Uh, Trent Bray, new Oregon State head coach. The whole bowl game thing is weird to me. I don't so, really get that. Here's the thinking. I think he'll explain more of this. Okay. The thinking is uh, by taking him off the interim coach label, he can now be the full candidate, which now obviously he's been picked. He was always going to get picked. Yes. And uh, he can be kind of like a new hire in a way. He's not new to the program. As he just said, he will be there for questions and help. But he gets to kind of act like he's new to the program in that way, right? Okay. Like be out on the road recruiting. Think and of all it that as if uh, when Mario left, whoever was the intern for the bowl game, I forget who that was, but like if they had hired Dan Lanning bowl week, Lanning's not coaching, right? He introduces himself okay. and then he recruits and he sets his stuff up. That's kind of the thinking here. And it allows the assistant, whose name I'm blanking, uh, longtime assistant, allows him to have this opportunity, opportunity. to be an interim coach. Continue to connect with players. So that, yeah, that's a good way to put it. I look as you point out, we knew this was going to happen the second Smith left. Like this was the only route that Oregon State was going to go. We had Angie on on Monday. She said Bray's the guy. It's just you got to you got to do your due diligence. You sit down with candidates. You got to let the time you know run out a little bit, and then you make your move. And we knew that this was going to be the hire. It was just a matter of when, not if they were going to hire Trent Bray. Um, I you know, I think the most important thing in the short term is that it has given life and energy to a fan base that had no life and energy. I think Friday night into Saturday morning is as low, and this is crazy to say because you had to live through Gary Anderson. That's about as low as I've ever seen the Oregon State fandom, wondering where do we go, what's the future look like, things are bleak. Your coach left, you don't know where your conference is going to be, don't know who you're playing next year, you don't know where your games are going to be on television. And so just injecting life into the fan base to generate donations and NIL contributions and all those things, vitally important. I also think the other thing that was a priority for them in the short term, I don't know what the next five years look like for Oregon State football. I don't know where you're going. I don't know how you're going to acquire talent. I don't know anything. What I do know is that currently you have a Power 5 roster, and you were a couple of plays away from being a 10-win team this year. I think keeping that infrastructure in place was the most important thing in the short term, of making sure no matter who you hired, this was not going to be a roster, fingers crossed, that people came in and just poaching through money around, and all of a sudden you look and you say, okay, we lost Damian Martinez, we lost two elite defenders, we lost everybody that we've been developing, now we basically have to start from scratch not knowing where our future is going to be. So they solidified the short term, which I think was really good. The other ironic thought that I had out of this you can make an argument. I don't want Jonathan Smith did a great job building up Oregon State. Don't get me wrong. I don't know how he's going to do at Michigan State, but I I don't want to take credit away from him. The ironic part about Oregon State the last two years, their defense has been a far stronger driver for them winning football games than their offense has been. Last year they won ten games. They had the number one defense in the conference. Their offense was not very good. They couldn't throw the football. They had a good run game. They have. He built it up at the line of scrimmage. Their defense was the reason they won ten games. When I've watched Oregon State, especially late in the season this year, including on Friday in the Civil War, what stood out to me was the way that they played defense. Mm -hmm. I thought they were terrific defensively in that game. I know they lost by twenty four, but I thought their defense came to play. So it's funny that the head coach gets the credit. He gets the new opportunity. When I think the hiring of Trent Bray and what they've done defensively, you can argue more responsible for the success they've had on the field. So I, I, I would, I would, um, I, I don't really have anything that you said there that sticks out that I have a problem with. I think the only thing that I would say is as hopeless as it felt immediately after you knew he was leaving for mm -hmm. sure, uh, which was before the game, which was so much more awkward. Basically Wednesday. <laughs> I, I do feel like, and maybe this is social media, maybe kind of, fusing this into my brain. It did feel like Oregon State fans at least rallied together and just said, hey, man, we got to be optimistic at this point. There's no other option. Like, yeah. 
I was crafting takes on Saturday of should we just lean into the men's basketball, women's basketball thing and be a basketball school because I don't know what the future of football is and the NCAA tournament's not going to exclude you ever. So nope. like you're always going to be in that. And now I'm at a point where they've raised damn near a million dollars for their damn collective NIL. They're doing another one for Aiden Childs. Um, everybody's excited. This felt, I, I saw somebody in the, you posted about this, about the hire. I love it, you know, meh, whatever. Sure. And I saw a response to that. I think it was the first one I saw from one of our P1s that was like, this feels very much like haul in, uh, you know, forced hand, whatever. And I just, I couldn't disagree with that more. Now, if you think, I don't say lazy, but the easiest hire, okay, like you can make that argument. I would actually make the point of it felt more crystal ball than anything. Yes. Of a system who's never been a head coach, or at least not a head coach at this level, that really resonated with the the players, recruits, knows his S on that side of the ball. And what did you hear from players the last couple of days? Bray, Bray area, Bray, 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 Bray. Like we've had two in-state school situations with new coaching hires that it kind of feels like players help dictate. I'm not saying it was the only consideration was what the players wanted, but to what you said, I had talked to somebody yesterday and said, how do you feel? And I said, well, I, I like it. He's an Oregon State guy. My overall point was kind of what you were saying. It was the thing that makes everybody happiest. Yes. What has been kind of the idea of Oregon State the last couple of days? Depression, sadness, uncertainty, being a little nervous about what the future holds. You made a hire that very well could be good on the field and off the field, but I think you most importantly made a hire that keeps people engaged. Yes. Like, I love that Oregon State has rallied together. They're doing spaces every night. There's like a thousand of them on these spaces, just shooting the ass. And they're raising a ton of money in a short period of time. But they also kept somebody that a lot of people respect because of what you highlighted. Oregon State has always kind of had a good offense. When he fired Tibisar and hired an elevated Bray, that kind of took them to the next level. Now, I don't know what his offense is going to look like. They lost Mahalachik, who I think is the best offensive line coach in college football. It's a big hole to fill. That's a massive blow. But he's got time now to work on his hires, figure out what he wants to do. There's an Aiden Childs element. I want to get to this coming up. Okay. We'll a couple more lingering thoughts. Then we'll get to Josh Pate. We'll dive into Oregon, Washington. There's a lot more to get to. The college football playoff rankings, all of that. Uh, but back with more, a little more update on Oregon State next on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile Prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This is Pac-12 Championship Week with Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by Mod PDX. The future of building is here. On 1080, The Fan. Josh Pate coming up at 7.30. Bo Nix may have the Heisman wrapped up. Bodacious. Uh, also a quarterback on the market, choosing between Oregon and Washington. Ooh, Who okay. would you choose? <laughs> I don't know if we'll get to it today, but I had a segment like... Thinking about the Pac-12 title game, the last one between these two teams. Uh, not that we haven't gotten to the game yet, but like, where do you think these two programs are going to be? I want you to linger on this maybe for tomorrow. Is like, they're in the championship game of this conference. This conference is dead now. Yes, it is. They're going to be in the Big Ten next year. Where will these two teams be in the next three years? Mm-hmm. I, I find this an interesting one to talk about. I would love to answer that question. Uh, I know you would, and I can tell by your face and that mustache what you're going to say. (laughs) Trent Bray hired as Oregon State head coach. Uh, The next big domino is the obvious one, the quarterback, Aiden Childs. Uh, Bray is obviously not the offensive guy, so he's got to go find the right system, the right coaches to put in place for whatever. I would imagine he's not going to change a whole lot up given the offensive linemen they have so far in the program. Mm -hmm. I think the other part of this is, this hire was exciting for fans. A lot of media members like Bray think he's a, a good dude. I, I'm still not sold what it means yet for the team. Uh, and what I mean by that is I know you haven't heard much of any of names in the portal, and that's a big thing for Oregon State right now. I'll be curious to see how many of their top-end talents end up in the portal when it officially opens. That, to me, is the million-dollar question right now. There was, I think I heard Souk say this yesterday, that there was a report on 24-7 that a guy that works for 24-7 basically said, you will be stunned the names you see in the portal. Yes. yeah, The names we haven't heard of yet. Like, you're seeing Michigan State, they're leaving, they're leaving. Okay. Let's put, let's, let's do a math equation together. If you take three quarterbacks away from your program, most teams, that leaves how many quarterbacks left? Zero. Okay. Quarterbacks aren't necessarily the cheapest thing in college football right now. So Jonathan Smith got to a new place knowing he needs to win at $7 million plus a year. Why would he want all quarterbacks gone? Well, sometimes to get guys to your place, it's going to cost some money. So, like kind of felt like expired meat being thrown out at Michigan State, despite the Levitt thing that we had talked about. Mm -hmm. Martinez says Smith lied to him a month before that he left, which, you know, I like that Damian shared that. I'd also say welcome to college football. Um, It's making me wonder what's going to happen with Aiden Childs. I'm not sold that Aiden Childs is staying in Corvallis, and I hope he does. Yeah. I I think he's special. I just do. I can't 
give you stats. I just watched the guy play. He just looks fluid. He kind of carries a, a confidence with him. He flew into the radar his whole high school career, and the last minute he became a star. But he's so he's committed and loyal. I'm worried they're going to lose him. I hope they don't. But I am definitely concerned. That's the unique part because you mentioned it there. He is a guy that his recruitment blew up at the end of his senior year when people started to realize, wow, this guy's better than whatever they had him ranked a three-star recruit at the time. I think he went to a camp and performed like, really well. And he's was like, good. Holy crap, this kid. <laughs> this kid's got some talent. But you pointed out that he remained committed to Oregon State. Why? Because he's a loyal kid. He had other schools that are bigger than Oregon State probably offering more money to recruits that were going after him, and he didn't do it. Now, was he loyal to Jonathan Smith or was he loyal to Oregon State? How much of the offensive coordinator hire and what you're going to run, how much does that weigh on his decision-making? I do think the transfer portal window, you've seen a lot of names that have jumped in, not a, not a ton of massive names yet. Like Guys like Tyler Van Dyke are probably at the top end of the spectrum right now. I think he was a receiver from USC. Yeah, yeah Relique Brown, yeah. who was a big-time kid, but I don't think he played a ton, but he was a highly touted prospect coming out of high school. Uh, Monday, Monday will be an absolute just absolute chaos and you're going to have a ton of those names that jump in I think hiring the right offense coordinator is vitally important for the Aiden Childs equation the other part of this though that I have been rattling around in my brain and maybe it doesn't end up happening because Childs stays but if 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 Childs is to leave we also don't know what DJ's doing yet no, he hasn't officially listed or said like he's, he, he said he's going to play in the bowl game. He said he's going to play in the bowl game. He could go to the NFL. I don't know what that draft stock is. I don't think it's super high, but he has all the physical tools when you stand next to that guy on the sideline. He's massive. He's got a rocket arm. Like somebody will probably take a chance on him when, I don't know, it's a really deep quarterback class this year, but that's the other component of this. Now, I don't know if that blows your socks off as an Oregon State fan. I would argue if you get him a couple of wide receivers over five foot seven, he'd have a better chance at having better numbers next season. You noted that in the Civil War. Of- Dude, it's not. Nuts, man! Being on the side of the on the sidelines for that game and seeing some of those Oregon corners line up against Oregon State wide receivers, bigger than they it's were. like it's like me standing next to Sakanic. Like, yeah. yeah, like good luck, dude. You're quick and you're going to run some underneath routes, but anything down the field, you don't have much of a chance at completing. So they have to address that need. But that's just the other component. Now, it's not a long term solution. Neither necessarily is Childs, but he's got more eligibility left. I also wonder. Look, we don't know Aiden Childs. I don't know what his driving force is. I do wonder for him how much of it is the schedule and who you're going to be playing. Because I think these guys want to showcase their ability at the highest level. Oregon State's not going to have that ability in the next two years in terms of conference play. But if you get, let's say, Oregon on the schedule and they come to Reeser next year and the Civil War's back, you're going to have Purdue in non-conference. We know that. That's a Big Ten opponent. Sounds like you're going to play five or six Mountain West teams. What does the rest of that Power 5 schedule look like? How many good teams and quality teams are on there? And does that is that a schedule that entices a kid to say, you know what, I don't need to jump. I'm going to have opportunities to showcase my abilities against the best in the sport. Well, and that's the thing is it, the Martinez example doesn't fit with Childs because Martinez is looking at this like, well, Anthony Newman shared this story once, and I remember hearing it and going, man, that's a good, that's a great anecdote. And I always get this mixed up when I retell it. He, is he from Arizona? No, he's from here, but he's, he oh, wanted right. to go he's to Arizona here. State. That's right. Okay, so I always get that reversed. And his dad said, ah, stay here because you have the chance to be a local legend. And and I think that's the Martinez thinking is like, could he go somewhere else for a season? Yeah, he absolutely could. I could. wouldn't imagine he's going to stay much longer after the year. I don't think programs are paying $2 million for running backs. Like, we make up these numbers as if every <laughs> no. skill position guy's getting it. <laughs> yeah. He's making good NIL here. He genuinely, I've been told, genuinely just loves laid-back, Corvallis, cool, calm, quiet. He just likes football, wants to do his thing, leave, you know, be left alone. He also only has one more season. He plays the Mountain West next year. Basically, right? He's got some Power 5 games in there, but he 
he plays Mountain West football opponents. If it's one season, so be it. Uh, that stuff doesn't apply to me with Childs. I think it's a little different than that. Yeah. He's got to show people stuff, right? He got some possessions here and there, but he largely didn't get to play all that much. Also weird that he didn't play on Friday. That was an underrated thing we didn't talk about. He did not get his third series. It uh, No, he did not. It felt very wink and naughty to DJ. Yeah. Your brother is on the field. Your dad's in the stands. It's been a big, like... The Uyunglele's against each other, right? They took the photo afterwards, praying and hugging, and I thought that was a cool moment. Kind of felt like a wink and a nod of thanks for coming. Uh, I No sourcing on that, just a guess, because I sure. was wondering the same thing. There's a ton of NFL scouts there, too, including the Giants' general manager. You, you just have to kind of ask yourself, what is best for a guy like that, Childs? Where, could he go to Michigan State with Jonathan? I'm sure Jonathan would take him, and he gets to play Big Ten football. Yeah, But, you know... Loyalty could mean something, and a lot of liars being called on Twitter to Jonathan Smith from some of these guys. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I just, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about him. Martinez seems to be done. I don't know about the other top end guys, whether they're going to stay or go. Yesterday felt like a really good moment for Oregon State, but now, like, as quickly as it is, that press conference is going to happen. It's over, dude. Yeah. It's bowl time. And then it's, what are you doing next year? Where's the schedule? Who are the opponents? And who is coming and who is going? I'm hoping Oregon State releases the schedule today. They should. Monday will be the first test. Like, this is when we'll find out how Bray's going to be as a head coach. How much of this roster can he keep together? If he can keep the majority of it together, Oregon State's got a chance to make some noise in the next two years. And then you go from there and figure out where your landing spot's going to be. Josh Pate. Late kick with Josh Pate, 24-7 CBS Sports. Joins us for the Daily Ticker. We talk conference championship game, playoff stuff, and more with Josh Pate next. But first, Schultz with a sports update. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Pac-12 Championship Week with Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. On 1080 The Fan. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. This is the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Wednesday. Welcome back in. Let's talk some conference championship week and Pac-12 championship, which will be on Friday with our good friend Pac-12 Pate, the commissioner of college football at Late Kick Josh on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Check out the Late Kick podcast and Late Kick Live on YouTube. You had a big announcement last night, Josh. We're getting you in Vegas, baby. How excited are we to be heading out to the desert on Friday night? Uh, It's a very big deal. You know, I've never been to Vegas before. Naturally, my first trip is for the last Pac-12 game ever. That's how I drew it up as a kid. (laughs) You've never been to Vegas in your life, really? I, look, I don't, I don't live the party lifestyle though, and I don't okay. believe in betting for fun. I strictly believe in betting for profit. So Vegas is just not appealed to me. The cheap food does, but I'm the kind of person they hate in Vegas because I go for the cheap food and I don't bet any of my money. You're also publicly Facebook official with your uh, your lady, so congratulations Ooh, on that. Went to Twitter that. this weekend. Let that. it be known to the world. Look at me, late kick, Josh Payne. We're making moves, man. Your uh, your words. 
not mine. But actually, those are my words. Yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a whirlwind of a once upon a Saturday tour season for sure. Well, we had you, you were previewing the games last night, and it's you know when you look at Oregon and Washington, I love the vindication for the model because it's a neutral site. Oregon lost head to head; they're a nearly t- you know double digit point uh, favorite in this game on Friday. I, I I go back and forth on this game, Josh, where I see all the metrics that you pointed to on the show last night. Basically, every statistical number says that Oregon is the better football team and Oregon is going to win this game. I also think that their secondary and their safety play at times has struggled against the pass, and Washington has as good of passing offense as anybody in college football. Um, where where should the concern meter be for Oregon fan? How are we feeling about the Pac-12 title game? Well, look, here's my, my concern is for me. Okay, let's talk about me first. <laughs> okay. That dude's reputation is really on the line here. Yes. So I picked against Washington in the first game. Close game, but they won. So they dunked on me. Then I thought they were going to go lose to Oregon State, and they won a close game and dunked on me again. So what do I do if I think Oregon's going to win, but I don't want to run the risk of going 0 for 3 picking against Washington? I have, I, have, I have very little path here. I have very little wiggle room. But here's what I think. I think Oregon's the better team. I always have. I think they're going to win the game. And the reason I think that is because I think people are going back way too much to the you know, 0 for 2 on – fourth down attempts inside the 10-yard line last time. They turned it over at midfield. Those things are individual to a game. And they make the game, but they're individual. In other words, there's no carryover necessarily. Um, conversely, as Meemaw used to always tell me, Joshua, if you get it done on third down, you don't have to worry about fourth down. And Meemaw was right, as she tended to be. And Oregon's top five in the country in third down conversion and Washington's defense is in the 80s in conversion percentage allowed. To me, that's where the game's won. I mean, Oregon's got the better ground game. They got the better defense. They got the better pass rush. So there are edges here. But you mentioned the part that could neutralize it all. If we get to the end of the first quarter and Penix is like six for seven, 142 yards and a touchdown and two or three of those receivers have already gotten in the action, then you're in for a dogfight the rest of the way. Um, And that's something that you just can't know until the game arrives. But outside of that, I think there are enough incremental edges for Oregon where I feel good about them winning. And I also think you have to pay attention to November trajectory. I mean, Washington's been getting by on close wins for a while, and that's full credit to them. But you're facing a team that's winning by an average of 26 points per game over the past six. And so it's just a different caliber team right now. And I think Oregon will win the game, but I, I do get a little nervous when unlike a month and a half ago when I was on an island screaming this, now everybody mm-hmm. is screaming, Oregon, double digits. And I'm like, y'all need to go back over there, okay? We were fine <laughs> over here in the minority. We don't want you here. I want to be honest with you, Josh. My co-host is an alum, and you being loud on oh. Oregon on your show has pissed him off because he likes the whole chip. Nobody's buying into us. we got the chip <laughs> on the shoulder. We're trying gonna... to be an underdog here, Pate. You're blowing up my theories, man. <laughs> Let me – can I ask you this, Josh? Like – You've been on Oregon all year. You've been consistent in that. I think everybody out here uh, that's not a Duck or Husky fan, I'm objectively telling everybody I I think Oregon's going to do it. I also think Penix is hurt, and they're just lying or not talking about it. And I worry what the defensive line of Oregon's going to do if they can get to him. But there there has to be something in the back of your mind. You've kind of highlighted it here, picking against Washington and being wrong. They've been in a lot of close games. Some of those games against lesser opponents. There has to be some kind of thing, some quantifiable thing, where it you get a little nervous because, for whatever reason, Washington plays to opponents, but when they do, they somehow come out victorious. They play to the level of what Oregon is, they win. They play to Stanford, they win. They play Oregon State, they win. Like, 
I don't know how to quantify it. There's not a stat with it, but there is a moxie to DeBoer, Penix, and company where they're in tight games. They're not going to flinch They because they've been in tight games almost all year. The stat's called game control. Even the committee keeps it. They will never define it for you, but they keep it. And um, if you go back in history, what you'll find is teams who play the style Washington plays are only able to do that until they face an elite team. And they faced one this year. They have faced Oregon. That's the only team I feel to qualify as elite. And they beat them. But what they needed is they needed turnover help to beat them. Now, a Washington fan is listening and already yelling at the radio because they think I'm discrediting the win. I'm not at all. I'm giving you credit for the win. What I'm saying is it's a very simple equation. To win Saturday or to win Friday night, Oregon doesn't have to do anything more than they've been doing. Washington does have to do something more than they've been doing. The game they've been playing is not enough. And it's not, it's not that you're able to turn it on just to the degree you need. What you're capable of doing is playing to a certain level. Let's just say on a scale of 1 to 10, Washington is capable of playing to an 8. Some weeks they need to play to 5.5, and, and they do it. Some weeks they need to play to 7, and they do it. But the bottom line is they can't get past an 8. And if you face a 9 and a quarter team, and that team plays at 9 or 9 and a quarter level, there's nothing you can do. You need help from them. Washington got help from Oregon last time. And if they don't get it Friday, they won't win. If they do get it, they got a chance to win again. That's really the long and short of it. Hmm. We're talking with Josh Pate, Lay Kick Live, the Lay Kick podcast. Go check him out on Twitter as well, at Lay Kick Josh, and on Instagram as well. He's going to have some good behind-the-scenes content from the Pac-12 championship game Friday night uh, down in Vegas. I had a listener blow my mind earlier this week. I I know you've been highlighting this on the show. We talk about it all the time. We've been waiting for chaos. Like At some point, we're going to have one of these weekends. And at at times last Saturday, felt like it was going to be it. Auburn's going to win the Iron Bowl. Oh, my God. Washington State's going to win the Apple Cup. Not so fast the favorites continue to win and he said what if no chaos is the chaos so i will ask you josh is no chaos the chaos of this year oh it's very chaotic to not have (laughs) chaos but let me tell you what i think is going to happen i think three unbeatens are going to lose this weekend i think washington's going down i think fsu is going down and i actually picked alabama to beat georgia as well so i want you guys to pull out the back of your pizza box and sketch out what you think the final four would be (laughs) if that were to happen because as best i could tell Michigan's in. Easy. And as best I can tell, Texas would be in. Yep. And then Oregon would be in, I think. And Bama, I think, would be in. Like, is that the four that we go with? And if you do that, do you keep Georgia out? Yes. Um, You know, all sorts of different things. Like, does Ohio State have a backdoor in? Um, I think there is chaos coming. But he is right. The viewer slash listener is right. If you don't have any chaos, in a twisted sort of way, that's the most chaotic path imaginable in this sport. I think you laid it out there, though. I, 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 and I get it. Georgia, two championships, you know, all that respect. But, like, we have to hold. Don't we have to hold every team to the same standards, right? If Bama yeah. beats Georgia SEC championship game, Oregon wins. They're already there. Michigan wins. They're already there. Texas beat Bama. And if they win their conference title, they won their conference title with one loss. Like, Georgia has to be out, right? Like, because I think America is afraid, Josh, especially out here in the West Coast, where we kind of get forgotten about that it's just the SEC playoff and everybody else that makes it whatever. People are afraid that if Georgia loses, they're still going to get in. In that scenario, I don't know how you leave Texas out, for example. And by the way, what did you think of Texas (laughs) being ranked where they were ranked last night? 
<laughs> well, I look okay. So now, as as popular as I am amongst the Oregon contingent right now, Uh-oh. I will just depopularize myself in one sentence. I think Texas and Bama should both be ahead of Oregon based on a resume, and that does not compute with my own personal ratings because I got Oregon number two in the country. So my power ratings notwithstanding, if you just go by resume and what the committee claims to value, I have no idea how they have Oregon ahead of them. Now, I've had my buddy Dave Bartu in my ear explaining this to me, and he keeps on preaching game control. Yeah, game control. yes. And, and he is, he, look, I'm not saying Bartu's wrong. I'm just saying that committee never talks about it publicly. And I have no idea right. why, because they are voluntarily misleading people into thinking some things matter that apparently don't matter as much. Um, so I, I wasn't surprised at where Texas was, nor was I surprised where Bama is, because they've just kind of you know, been there most of the time. What I would have done, and I don't know that there was precedent for this, but who cares? They just make up the rules as they go anyway. What I would have done is put Ohio State fourth and I would, or fifth or wherever, and I would have put Texas, Oregon, and Bama in a tie, a three-way tie, which should be impossible if you're a committee, but I would have done it anyway. And I would have said, we view the three of these teams as equal heading into the final weekend. So basically it's like a one-game season, and if there are spots available – we will choose from them based on how they perform this weekend, based on imaginary metrics. That's what I would have done. If you really want to just go full evil committee chaotic theory, that's what I would have done. It's the most un-American thing you've ever suggested. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, what yeah. is this, European soccer? We got ties. Well, I mean, your point's valid because every Oregon fan saw the rankings come out last night and, and thought immediately – we're set because Oregon's playing the number three team in the country this weekend. Texas is playing, where's Oklahoma State? 20 or 19, somewhere in that range, right? So you're not going to be able to, to, Texas, no matter what they do on Saturday, will not have a better win this weekend if Oregon is to win on Friday night. Let me ask you this, though, I, and I know we've debated this in years past. I, I, I've seen some people argue that the expanded playoff will lessen the importance of regular season games, especially, you know, Michigan, Ohio State. You were there this last weekend. They're both in an expanded playoff format. It lessens it a little bit. And I agree with that take. I would also, though, look at this conundrum that we're facing and argue all these teams deserve a shot. Like, even if Washington loses this weekend, that's a 12 0 season. Like, they lose one game to a top five team. Like, that's a who team they've already beaten, who they've the already beaten. Like, I get Washington fan has been arguing that all week. If Georgia loses, there's nobody that can look you in the eye and tell you that they don't think Georgia's one of the four best teams yeah. in the country. They haven't lost a game in two years. So, it, does this kind of chaos lead you to think maybe an expanded playoff is a good thing, or is that a stretch? You know the answer, right? <laughs> like, you know my answer. I know the answer, so- yeah. If you need me to waste a minute of your precious air time, <laughs> let me tell you, no, it doesn't prove it to me at all. It actually proves what I've been saying. You just made the point about Georgia. This is the only system you guys are going to have a shot at in leaving them out of the playoff. This is the only yeah. system that gives you a shot of keeping Alabama out of the playoff. Now, let me, let me just tell you what I've witnessed this year. I've seen all these teams in person. I've seen many of them multiple times. Nobody is beating Bama and Georgia if you give them three weeks to get healthy. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Those are the two best teams in the country three weeks from now. You need to keep them out now if you want to keep them out. And so in the future, they can afford a loss. Georgia could afford two losses. In the future, uh, Penn State is still in the playoffs. So the only difference between me and the expansion crowd is I actually am advocating for a system that delivers what a lot of you claim to want. You want more parity and outcome, and I'm telling you, the only shot you've got is a small playoff because that's where Georgia could be left out with a loss or Bama's out with one or two losses. In the future, they're in, and you're going to give the most talented rosters three weeks to get healthy, and what's going to happen is, is what ends, ends up happening most of the time anyway, but at least you've got a shot if you've got a condensed playoff. And the other thing is, 
I've never thought it's the worst thing in the world to have some people mad at the end of the year. That never bothers me. If, if one team gets left out or two teams get left out that have really good resumes, at the end of the day, what we have is we have some people who are mad, but we had very high value placed on the playoff spots because there were a finite amount of them. And if I have 12 of them, uh, one year I may have six qualified teams, one year I may have five qualified teams. I'm filling out the rest of the schedule or the field with very incomplete teams that I don't think deserve playoff designation. So I hope I've been clear in my stance that I'm completely fine with this. Still wrong. <laughs> I love it, man. I, those are all valid points. I, 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 yeah, it's hard to disagree with Josh, the Georgia the playoff point is and... the only hope for my Oregon State Beavers at this point, man. I need got. that expanded They need playoff. a bigger field. We need a bigger field out here. The let's cookie make, monster let's with a cookie crack, man. Like, come on, I need this. 64. Uh, last two for you, Josh. Are we going to get an any given Friday shirt for Friday? And then where can people follow you for the behind-the-scenes content? It It just sickens me that this is the first I have thought about that. I cannot believe I have missed this opportunity. I trademark. I'm trademarking it right now. I don't yeah, but can you guys make the shirt and just sure. give me a forty to thirty percent cut? Yeah. I don't know if we have time to turn that. I will say though that I think tomorrow, Thursday, we are going to drop the season-long shirt over at PateStateMaterial.com, and that's basically like a concert tour shirt. That's where it shows all the cities, all the dates, all the places we've been. Uh, that's the one that even I'm going to buy. And I'm the cheapest person you guys know. But even I'm going to buy that shirt from myself. Uh, Josh, I, I, I think I said this to you last time. I'll say it again. He's only bringing this up because he basically <laughs> wants a shirt and he just won't yeah. straight up ask you for it. I don't get it. Big fan of the show, Josh. First time, long time. I've told you guys, you don't even have to ask directly. Just get a mutual friend. And I think there's one in the studio. Yeah. Just get a mutual friend to ask me. Yeah. And there's a more than 50% shot. I'll Ooh. send a shirt out there. Ooh, okay. I mean, my co-host forgets what I say two minutes after I say it. He quotes you every week. This you know, Josh Pates said, and I'm just like, <laughs> I said that too. What did I say? I mean, you know, I'm just right here, and Josh is not here. Hey, I'm a P1 man. I love college football. He does a great job. The show was awesome. He's been high on my ducks all year. It kind of pokes holes in my nobody's giving us a chance theory, but we love the show nonetheless. Go check it out. Late Kick Live on YouTube, Late Kick Podcast. Give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram, at Late Kick Josh. Enjoy Vegas the first time. Uh, hopefully, you, hopefully you win some money. If you do gamble, get back to Atlanta on time on Saturday. Saturday, and uh, we always appreciate it. Let's catch up again soon. I appreciate it, guys. There you go. Josh Pate of Late Kick Live. We went a little long there. A little long with Josh Pate. I want to talk about the college football playoff rankings. Did we like what we saw last night? We'll get to that coming up next on The Fam. is Pac-12 Championship Week with Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by Mods PDX. The future of building is here. On 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Thanks again to Josh Pate for hopping on. We'll podcast that when we're done. Well, see you later. Coming up next. <laughs> we don't have these segments often, but. No, I look, conference championship week will get you fired up. There's a lot going on, man. I, you know, the, the note from the listener earlier this week made me chuckle when I keep asking, where's the chaos, where's the chaos? And he said, not having chaos is the chaos. And it's true. Like, we are, we are potentially setting up for an incredibly chaotic weekend, win or lose. Somebody's getting left out and is going to be pissed off on Sunday morning. I don't know who it's going to be. It will depend on who the game's in. Like, there's a, who there's, gets left out and is pissed? So if Georgia wins, they're undefeated in it. Yeah. If Michigan, Michigan's going to beat Iowa. Michigan's in the playoff. I can't. Have you seen that over-unders? Only 35. I don't get it. Michigan's like a three-touchdown favorite. They're not losing to Iowa. How are they not scoring 42 by themselves? There's no world in which they lose to Iowa. Yeah. Flor- if Florida State wins, that's the biggest bugaboo in all of this. And I actually want to talk about it and start the final hour. It's looming. So that's three undefeated teams right there. Okay. 
Oregon and Texas win. Who's in? Oregon. Okay. Texas is going to be pissed. They beat Alabama non-conference head-to-head. Oregon they, beat Washington. Sure, but not on the road and not in a quote-unquote non-conference game. They would both be one-loss conference champions. Their strength of schedule, strength of record, yeah, is worse. blow Oregon's out of yeah, the water. For sure. And they would have a more quality win in the regular season and a conference championship. So... I would love for Oregon. I'm a duck. I obviously would be happy with that decision. But yeah. Texas is going to be livid if that happens on Sunday. Don't lose to Oklahoma. Like sometimes when you lose, and it's about when you lose. Like I, I, I think this stuff is kind of stupid when you get to four and you're like, mm-hmm. what are we nitpicking? It's like, well, when you lost, Oregon got to lose early, yeah. and then you know they ran the table, so they made it. Washington, you're out. You went undefeated, and you lost one game. You're out of here. Right. Or Texas won a couple of close games when their quarterback was hurt. That's the main reason I would argue they're behind Oregon right now. He. Pate is right on this. Bartu's been on it now for a couple days. The game control stat Mm -hmm. is one that never gets talked about. And he is, I mean, he says, and that guy would know more than us. He says the committee heavily weighs it. There's not been almost any control done better than Oregon. No, they've had two close games all year. And two competitive games all you, year. You can maybe throw Georgia in that if you want. But like since Oregon lost that game, it has not been close at all. Michigan's and, the only other team that's kind of, Georgia and Michigan are the only other ones that are in that same conversation with Oregon. Yeah, but that Ohio, and look, it, it was a rivalry game, and so Oregon's rivalry game with Washington was kind of like this, but like that Ohio State game was not, you know, there's a little, uh, mm-hmm. you know, are they going to win that game on the road and upset Michigan? I I just, I think stats like that, that the committee's not talking about, Boo Kerrigan's getting on, he's like, Bo Nix's completion percentage. And I'm like, yeah, it's really good. It's nothing to do with what this conversation is. But if they're using that stat, if game control is indeed one of the bigger stats they're using, you you have to talk about that publicly. You yeah. have to make that front and center on the old stats page. You can't have secret stats that you're using for your information and then not providing to explain to people. So, I, I mean, will there be people frustrated? Sure, but... I don't know. It it feels, maybe I'm off here. It feels like Washington fan has loved this ride, this journey. They beat Oregon in the regular season, so they get the bragging rights again. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like Washington. You think Washington fans gonna be pissed or be like? I think they have a strong. I think they have a look. Conference championships will always outweigh a regular season win. That's the argument. Yes, they have a strong argument. No, no, no. They have a good argument to be the playoff, but when it gets to just four. And you know you lose the game that you can't Their lose. Their argument will be we, we, we beat you head-to-head, too. Like, we won one of those. We had to play Split. you twice, and we beat you once. If Ohio State, if if the Big Ten, we'll get to this, we got to go. If the Big Ten didn't have divisions, you know who would be playing in the Big Ten title game this weekend? It'd be a rematch. It would be a rematch yeah. of last week. Right. And what happens if Ohio State beats Michigan? Then who's in? Because <laughs> it's the Bob's same scenario, yeah. right? Yeah, I know. It's the exact same scenario. we got a lot to get to in the final hour of the show. College football notes. Is this guy worth a million dollars? Chip Kelly sticking around. We haven't talked about that yet. What's going on in Boulder? We need to get to that. Uh, I want to start, though, with these playoff rankings. And I'm going to flip-flop on something I argued years ago. I'm going the other way now, and I think there's a case study, and we'll get to that to start the final hour next on The Fan. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.